Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to our big broadcast here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. The BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. Of course, it's BuildGrownEnjoy.com. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big program via the telephone. Melissa, go ahead and give me a brief introduction on yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Melissa Molesby. I'm um, from New York State. I was born about a half hour north of the city. Um, I have a master's in clinical psychology, worked in the reinsurance industry for many years, and life kind of came to a halt when my mom was diagnosed with ovarian cancer in 2010, and um, I've been kind of changed courses and wrote a book and now spend my time doing um, a lot with patient advocacy, um, the the conditions of the healthcare system right now, mental health, and, um, you know, trying to help people find their voice and in the uh, medical system today. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us here on our big program. So, Melissa, tell us a little bit about uh, the writing process to bring this book to life. It was a tough one, I have to be honest. Um, my mom passed in 2010. Um, I continued working in corporate for four years after that. I was a total mess. Um, um, even having a, a big degree in clinical psychology, I was too, um, quote-unquote, smart to get help, but I desperately needed it. Um, as far as writing the book, I have about four versions. I took her entire medical file and put it into a spreadsheet. The versions prior to me publishing it uh, at the end of last year were probably unreadable because there was so much anger and rage involved with them. And I had to take some time to do some introspection and, um, you know, give the reader not just a um, how many mistakes were made and, you know, how how bad this disease is and, and how much my mom suffered. But I had to also give them what I learned through the process, what you need to do, and what I would do differently if it happened all again. So each chapter is a month of my mom's eight-month journey with diagnosis to passing. And at the end of each chapter, um, I end it with, again, what I learned and what I would do differently. And um, now in a uh, post-COVID healthcare system, the need for patient advocacy is a thousand times more important now, if you can believe it, than it was in 2010. And I had some, my mom had some really serious, deadly mistakes that were made in her care that if I told you, you probably wouldn't even believe 
um, like having the wrong wristband on with the wrong patient name on it. I found one day when she was in cardiology, you know, she was poisoned with chemotherapy. Um, a, a lot of a lot of bad things happened, but today, um, you know, with healthcare providers, um, you know, with burnout from COVID, um, you know, trying to get appointments and you have to wait six months to see a specialist. ERs full of people with mental health issues because they can't get any um, anybody in person. Um, we're in a big mess, and um, you know that that's what I'm dedicating, you know, my life to right now is to help others find their voice because there were times during my mom's process where, um, you know, I, I had to be that person. I had to be that difficult family member. I had to be that word that I can't say because we're on the radio. Um, <laughs> and I would do it all over again because it had to be done. We have got a great guest of this today. Melissa joins us here on our big program. So uh, talk to us a little bit about the whole caregiving uh, role that you took on and, and how you were able to, uh, to kind of navigate some of the uh, difficult waters with, with this role. Well, the, the first great thing was that I work for a company called General Re, and I had the best bosses. They knew what I was going through. You know, I was kind of high up in the food chain, and, you know, my executive vice president came up to me one day and said, you know, Missy, we know what you're going through. If you got to leave, you leave. If you need to take off, you take off. We'll sweep up after you. I, I couldn't have asked for a better boss, so there was a lot of times where I left in the middle of work. I was on phone calls in conference rooms yelling at doctors. Um, you know, it, it, it was, it, I had to juggle a lot of things and I also had a toddler at the time. So, you know, as far as caregiving, my sister, um, she was uh, babysitting my son because, you know, he was young. And at the same time, she was also taking my mom to all her appointments and, you know, taking care of that end of it. And my dad, you know, he went to all of her appointments too. But, you know, my my dad, you know, he doesn't handle stress very well, so it was very difficult for him. And, and I was kind of in the role of the heavy. Um, and, again, um, as far as caregiving, I'll give you one example. Um, there was a time, and my sister's her and I are very different in a lot of ways. She's more conservative. I'm very more direct and outspoken. Um, my mom was getting four days inpatient chemo, and they told us it was going to be a layup, easy peasy. So my sister texts me. I'm at work, and the subject line is effing terrible. My sister doesn't curse. So I got up. I left. I went to the hospital. I Googled the type of chemo my mom was on. I took one look at my mother, and I'm not a doctor, but she had every symptom of toxicity except coma and death. So it was a Friday. It was Labor Day weekend. I knew her oncologist was going to have a boat, and I knew he was going to be gone till Monday. So I called his office. I said, you can't leave the hospital grounds until you come see my mom. He came to see my mom. You know, we had a little bit of white coat syndrome, you know, because, you know, you're, you're, you're grasping on for help because it's a very – bad disease and he looked at her and said she's fine um we have to do this uh and my mom opened one eye and agreed and so <clears throat> unfortunately we went with his advice 
The second day, I get a phone call, and this is one thing I say in my book over and over again, befriend your nurses. They are the connective tissue between your care. They will make or break your 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 hospital stay. They're very important. They're critical. In fact, in some ways, they're more important than the doctors. I had the head nurse of oncology call me and say, you need to get over here right now. I have orders to hang another bag of chemo. <clears throat> I know your mom. This isn't Connie. So I went over there. Again, same thing, hallucinating, um, showing all signs of toxicity. Um, one of the oncologists, um, part of his group came over. My dad came. My sister came. Again, I, I regret it, but white coat syndrome, you know, for Connie, we have to go for cure, so we have to keep going. So we agreed one more round. Um, the next morning, I just went over on my own. I found I went at 7 o'clock in the morning. That's another thing I write in the book. Go at all hours of the day. Don't tell people you're coming. Go at different times. And you don't, you're not going to catch people, but... The other thing is doctors generally do rounds between like 7 o'clock in the morning and 10 before their office hours begin. I went. I found my mom flat. She had throw up coming out of her mouth, and her arm was hanging off the bed. And she looked dead in the bed to me, and she could have aspirated. She was flat. She could have choked on her, on her vomit. At that point, my head exploded. Um, I wound up staying there, sleeping there until Monday and it was a horrific weekend. The priest was called twice. And Monday at 5 o'clock, the first oncologist that came Friday afternoon, uh, I was leaning up the, against the bathroom in my mother's room, and he looked at me and he said, you're right, uh, she's toxic. And I said, uh, I'm in reinsurance. This is your job. And he also told me Friday when I said she was toxic that I should stay off the Internet. Um, I don't want to say I told you so. I was right because it was a terrible thing to be right about. But, again, another thing as far as caregiving is you have to educate yourself. You're never going to take the place of a doctor. But you, if you're diagnosed with something, whether it be diabetes, heart disease, cancer, you name it, Google can be your best friend or your worst enemy um, you got to find the in-between place, but I mean, I just Googled, uh, her, her chemo agent and took one look at her and, and she was toxic. And then, you know, when I got her medical records and started writing the book, it said, um, you know, patient, uh, patient, uh, experienced, uh, uh, was toxic because of the chemotherapy agents. And it, it was maddening because after she was poisoned um, for two weeks of her life, um, she was completely out of it. I had to, my husband works in the Bronx. I had to call him twice to come up because we thought she was dying. You know, and that's just one example of, you know, 25 things that happened over those eight months. So, Melissa, tell us about some of the different reviews that you've gotten on this book. You know, it, it's kind of cool because, again, I, I had to make a choice when I wrote it. Um, first choice was, do I wait for a literary agent? And the answer was no because, you know, you know, we're already – she passed 10 years ago. I'm already behind eight ball. So I self-published, and I had a bunch of people edit it. And one was actually, believe it or not, she was an editor. She was also a nurse, and she also had her mom die of cancer. Um 
one thing I had to make a decision on is if I was going to drop some F-bombs because that's the way I speak. And sometimes it was necessary in what went on with my mom. And um, every review that I've gotten on Not In Vain A Promise Kept, um, I'm grateful, has been good. Um, people say it's like I know the author and we're speaking at the kitchen table. Um, I get a lot of that happened to my family, too. Um, thank you for bringing awareness. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of, um, you know, this shows the, where um, we have fallen down in the healthcare system. Um, uh, I wish we had somebody like you that could have spoke up for this family member. Um, you know, you know, things like that. And, you know, I, I might not be for everybody, you know, some people, it's not, I mean, it might be in the book maybe four times, but, and some people may not like that and that's okay, but I had to stay my authentic self um, for me. Um, the other thing was, is I wrote in the beginning a letter to my mother and it was basically what has happened to me since she passed. And I came clean with everything as far as the depression I went through, the grief, the PTSD, the, um, you know, uh, Xanax abuse, um, uh, everything. I was 115 pounds soaking wet. I mean, my my mental health was physically killing me. Um, so I had to pull myself out of that, and I share that with the readers so they know that even somebody with a fancy degree um, – doesn't always make the right decisions. And, um, you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm grateful um, because both Kirkus and Clarion um, gave it a four and five stars, which those are the big, the big boys as far as um, reviews. And, you know, I continue to try and uh, push it. And, you know, my goal is not uh, book sales. Um, of course, you want to make money, but my goal more is to talk to people like yourselves and other media outlets just um, to let people know that, one, mental health-wise, it's okay to not be okay. Two, you need to find your voice. Um, and it, it doesn't matter, you know, how many stripes the doctor has or the nurse has. Um, it could mean the matter of life and death. And, and three, um, you know, you really have to be there, like, Right now, if one of your loved ones is very ill, you know, a lot of the hospitals have lifted, you know, the vaccine mandates and policies where you can't go see somebody if, if you're not vaccinated, stuff like that. Like, I can't stress enough how much you have to be there, especially if they're very sick. For example, my mom with cancer. When you have cancer, you get wasting disease from the chemotherapy, and also the, the good cells eat the, the bad cells eat the good cells. So she had wasting disease, and, you know, if I spent nine hours with her on a Thursday and they bought three meals in, I'll know if out of the three meals that they brought in, she drank half a boost. Kitchen services just takes the trays away. It's not their fault. It's the system. But I know that she's not getting the proper nutrition, and so I would give that information to the doctors. Um, also, um, um with my mom's case, she had an interdisciplinary team that would meet bi-monthly to talk about her case. And, again, I'm not a doctor, 
but there's things that I can tell you that can help you treat my mom. Um, for example, you know, her intake. Um, you know, she's of a generation that does not like to burden people. So, you know, I'd be sitting there sometimes and she'd be very nauseous, but she didn't want to bother a nurse, so she wouldn't ask for Zofran. Or she'd have breakthrough pain and, again, not hit the button. Um, you know, she had trouble ambulating to the bathroom. Um, nurses do rounds. They come in, you know, maybe 10 minutes an hour at that. So if you're a family member, a friend, you're seeing a lot more than that. Maybe they're depressed. Maybe there's financial problems at home. The doctors need to know that because it's, they need to know the full picture. So the one good news, one thing that I did was before important uh, visits, like with the <clears throat> oncologist or the gynecologist oncologist, I would, um, even if they didn't ask for it, I would send them by fax um, everything that I've noticed since the last time you saw her. Um, if I couldn't be there and, you know, they could say she's a pain in the neck. She's, you know, she needs to relax. But every single thing that I told them was important, you know, keeping track of her weight. Um, all of that stuff is, is, is critical. You know, also knowing, you know, you don't want to be a jerk, but sometimes you have to go up the chain of command. If something is not right, you need to find out who's in charge and you need to let them know. I mean, I, was on a first-name basis with the patient advocate at my mom's hospital, but I feel that a patient advocate should be in a con consultative uh, role because if they're getting, if they're on the same payroll as the hospital, you know, how unbiased can they be because they are on the same payroll? You know, I, I think they should be, you know, a vendor, not on the same payroll, but that, that's just my opinion. You have been fantastic. This book is amazing. Before we let you go, what is next for you as an author? You know what? I'm, you know, it's funny. I, I, um, I just spoke to uh, Janice Dean. I, I, you probably know her from Fox News. Yep, um, yep. Both her in-laws were um, uh, unfortunately passed away when Cuomo um, put uh, made the order to put any uh, COVID-positive patients back into nursing homes, and 15,000-plus died, and there's been no accountability. So her and I just spoke on Monday, and I'm going to, you know, we, we spoke about my mom's journey and, and patient advocacy, but we also spoke about what she went through, and I'm going to, you know, I, I, I'll do anything to team up to help people. Um, again, my my message is more important than book sales to me. I also blog a lot on, you know, emerging issues as far as healthcare. Um, you know, I don't know if you read in the news, but yes, yesterday um, they won the court against uh, mandates for um, New York City employees. So like NYPD, NYFD, um, Department of Sanitation, all of those people that lost their jobs, healthcare, um, they all said that it was unconstitutional. And, of course, the city um, is going to try and, and flip the decision. But right now, um, all those people should get their jobs back and maybe even back pay. So I got my hands in a lot of pots. Um, I do want to write another book about, like, you know, what happens when the, um, I would say, the most important person 
and your family passes away, like what happens to other family relationships? Because mine changed a lot, um, and it's not always in a good way. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm the type of person that wears my emotions on my sleeve, and I'm not afraid to um, say them out loud if it can help people. I mean, I can't tell you how many people, even strangers, that have contacted me with problems, and I've, you know, tried to give them the best tips on what to do, whether it's in a nursing home, whether it's in a rehab, or whether it's in, you know, a, a hospital. I mean, I know we're running late, but I had one, one person that had a tumor behind her eye. She went to two prestigious physicians in Manhattan. One doctor suggested he take the tumor out through her eye. Another physician, surgeon, suggested he take the top of her head off and take it out the top of her head. Jesus. She wound up, yeah, it's crazy. She wound up getting it taken out through her eye. And the whole, you know, the whole thing is, like, if you think about it, if you're moving out of your house, do you take all your furniture out the front door or do you take it out the roof? I mean, that's the difference that you can get as far as, like, um, physician suggestions or treatment approaches and it's crazy and that's why i always say too, get a second opinion insurance 99 percent of the time they're going to pay for it and it's in your best interest to do so because you know you could have wild you know differentiations like these two suggestions to this poor woman thank god she went with the one that was easy and she's fine and she's cancer free but i mean going through the top of your head i mean that's that's a huge deal well, you have been fantastic. I look forward to uh, chatting with you more down the road. Before we let you go, how do we get your book? Not in Vain, A Promise Kept is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Google, Apple, wherever you buy your books. Um, it's also available on my website, Um And I also do a lot of blogging. I try and blog a couple times a week on um Everything healthcare, everything mental health, um, you know, and 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 even like, uh, you know, for example, you just found yourself in an emergency room. What should you do? You know, um, I, I, there's so many other things I could talk to you about, even my own experiences um, with healthcare. Um, but perhaps we can table that for another day. Definitely, definitely, would love to have you back and chat more i appreciate you making time for us today and uh we will talk to you soon have yourself a wonderful wonderful day thank you melissa you too and i really appreciate the opportunity have definitely a great day. you are fantastic thank you my friend there she goes that is melissa mofi also the book is absolutely available everywhere check us out next week on build the road and enjoy! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 